Well, I dropped my microphone very, very close to a cup of uh, hot and wet tea um, before I rang you. So I thought, oh, well, I fucked it. But um, everything seemed to say it was going okay. So it seems to be good. good See, stuff. if it was cold and wet or hot and dry, you might have been okay. But uh, Yeah, hot and dry tea. I yeah, exactly, yeah. Hot and yeah. wet, that's just... Oh. I made the mistake. I made the mistake of making myself a cup of wet tea. That's, <laughs> that's, that's always the issue. His name is Craven. He likes white ravens. And he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave. He cancels saves. He likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom. He plays for fun. And if you beat him, then he'll punch you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter, it's banter behind the throne. Hello and welcome back to Banter Behind the Throne. I hope you all had a lovely Christmas and New Year, and we're back now to welcome you into 2018 with some Solid Thrones content. This is episode 80, and if we had just got married... In our first episode, we will now be giving each other presents of oak. No jokes, please. Tony, how are you doing today? I'm good, Dave. I'm good, Dave. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Um, Happy Hanukkah. All that malarkey. Um, Yeah, I'm very good, sir. Uh, A very nice Christmas and New Year. And it's good to be back. It is good to be back, isn't it? Mm. And, of course, Tony and I are joined by our lovely friend, Peel. Peel, how are you? Hello. Hello. Yes. We're all back in the new year. It's 2018. The time of correcting sevens to eights has officially passed, and uh, we're about ready to continue on with the year, I think. You're right. I have stopped uh, stopped writing 2017. You do. For the first, every every year, for the first, like, month, it's just, ah, oh, fuck, and you have to swiggle it around. It looks really uncomfortable. But <laughs> not not anymore. Not anymore. I tend not to handwrite any too many dates, luckily, so uh, it is a quick, quick fix on the computer, but I definitely almost sent some letters out with the wrong year on them. Reply of... by <laughs> March yeah. 2017. The days, getting, the days of getting a new checkbook in at the beginning of every year have gone. They have, yeah. You know, to get a new However, check- I have got a checkbook. I made sure I requested a checkbook explicitly with my new, new bank account. Um, so this weekend, uh, oh, next time I go out, I will be, be taking checks and trying to pay a part with the check. I look forward to issuing you many checks the next time we see each other. Then. <laughs> I'm just going to write you a check for every time anyone does anything for me. See if I can go through a checkbook in a weekend like we eat. I think the, cool. che- the checkbook I've got left probably still says 2014 maybe at the top of it. So, you know, uh, Mine's manual correction. A, a lovely modern check. Lovely modern one. Nice. Oh. My uh, my par- I saw my parents yesterday, and they gave me a check for my birthday from my grandparents, yeah. and it was it would have been quicker for them to just bank it themselves and send me the money. <laughs> like they yeah, had for like it, three it, weeks. It, <laughs> it always <laughs> it is. Like. Like, I've had to I had to go to the bank specifically, so it's just, just what a waste of time. Checks. It really is, but at the same time, I'm bringing a checkbook. So uh, yeah, okay. So what's wrong, Manchester? <laughs> is it in a lovely? Is it in a lovely leather leather bound wallet? I'll see if I can find a lovely leather bound wallet. I'm bound to have something somewhere that can uh, 
that can work. I'll get it so it has a pen attached to it as well. Yeah. Like a lovely, yeah. lovely clicky, uh, clicky Parker pen. See if I can do that or a biro and in my back pocket. Um, but we'll see what happens there. Do you, uh, you know, in regards to paying with checks, do they have to explicitly display that they don't accept them? No, I think they can deny payment for any reason. Yeah, pretty uh, much anyone. Because, yeah. you know, when you like try to buy something, it's an offer to treat or whatever, and you, they can just say no if you try to pay with something ridiculous. What if I ordered a um, round of beers and then try, and then paid with a cheque? They'll just say no. <laughs> I mean, they might not. They might accept cheques. They're more likely to just say, fuck you, you're not having your beer. Mm, true. It's not really very instant, is it? Yeah. It's also a very easy way to get everyone else to pay for your fucking drinks, Phil. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I've only got check. <laughs> <laughs> Contactless? Nah. <laughs> I actually uh, thought someone at work had a check in their wallet the other day, and I thought it was blank. Like, as if he's like, you know what, I always carry a tenner on me, and I always carry a blank check, just in case I get <laughs> into trouble, <laughs> and I've lost my card. <laughs> Don't worry, lads, i got this. <laughs> It could work though, like if you're stuck and you're, all you've got is, is a check. All right, then taxi driver, how much do I owe you to take me here? Like, just write it out at the end of the ride. There you go, sir, and just get out the taxi. It's the '90s version that, of the uh, the spare credit card. It is. It's. Uh, oh, I've got a check left. Because they take so bloody long to clear. Like, it doesn't matter when you write a check out. You're probably going to have money in your account anyway. Like, oh, it goes out in a week. That's fine. That's that's payday, I'll give you a fucking check. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Get the date right, so they can't even check cash it straight away. Yeah. yeah. Give, give yourself an extra month, maybe. Oh whoops. Yeah. 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 You know, oh, you know. All the fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the wife uh, the wife got a check last week, actually, coincidentally. Uh she got a check off her mum last week and she her mum had addressed it to Helen Makos and Helen's bank account is not in the name of Helen Makos, so she had to go to the bank with our bloody marriage certificate. Really? In <laughs> order to get it, order to get it uh, put into our bank. And, you know, it's not a very interesting end to the story. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> but it's totally still a drama free. Kind of effort, yeah. Dra- completely drama free. Well done, that bank. <laughs> See, <laughs> <laughs> I am um, because I work in a trade which generally attracts the elderly uh, of the population, so to speak. Um, Editor's note, following this discussion on checks, we proceeded to discuss a number of topics which took approximately 30 minutes. In the interest of brevity, I've summarised the conversation for your listening pleasure. Peel is confused about the number of castles in East England. Dave prefers English heritage to national trust. Whilst discussing the week's news, Peel comments on the position of bones in the skull and the caste agree that more research needs to be done on the nature of the cheekbone. Flat Earth Theory is mentioned and everybody agrees that it makes a lot of sense, although Tony once flew around the world and lost an entire day, so he isn't so sure. The Illuminati then called to silence him. Elon Musk did a very silly thing and Tony thinks he should have said something more useful up, not just a car. I hope that summary was useful and we can now return to our regularly scheduled programming. Sorry, I read another tweet there about people slagging it off from about the fact he flew in the atmosphere. There was yeah. always going to be a negative spin on it. 
there's there's some pushback on it. Obviously, people want to shoot a pickup truck into space to kind of bring it back. <laughs> that would be the best thing ever if Bill Gates does that like fuck you <laughs> just as a reply like someone again equally as rich and vote, like just does it to get it back <laughs> yeah. or to pull it over and give it a ticket or something <laughs> you send a fucking water up <laughs> Yeah, you've been going very fast. Very, very fast. <laughs> Too fast, in fact. Sorry, officer, I haven't seen any signs. <laughs> uh, Promise not to do it again. <laughs> also, your rear brake light burned up on impact. <laughs> License of registration, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I'll yeah, go right. <laughs> yes. on, on that topic, on the topic of license and registration, uh, I am going to a licensed place on Monday. <laughs> And so, have you this read is my segue into on-topic conversation. It's a rough segue, but it's all we've got. <laughs> Grab this bunker by the horns. Normally, we take longer than thirty seconds to go off-topic. We haven't even said what we're going to talk about. Nah, good job. <laughs> we got past the intros. I don't really know what you expect from us at this point. Yeah, it's true. Blah blah blah. Happy New Year, everyone. 2018 checks. Uh, Elon Musk pumps. So are. I'm going to the pub on Monday to play two v two. Oh, what does two v two mean? Two v two. That's where you and a friend play against two other presumed friends, and you got to get thirty power together. Oh, it's so sweet. Peel may remember that the two v two we played at Stockton was one of our favourite tournaments. I ever. still think that it should be a national thing. I, I I'd love to see that nationals. Or, I reckon you could um, you could convince people to do a big two v two maybe on the Sunday at Euros. I'd mm. love to do. I'd love to do that. People who aren't in the cut. The problem is that you generally have to plan in advance, and if one of your team makes a cut, then it's a bit more difficult. But if you take your cards, which a lot of people do, because they're oh yeah, cards, yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll have to uh, consider that near the time. Maybe we can get something set up for those who don't make the cut and don't care about walking around a convention trying to be sold things all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to buy these things? No. Would you like to buy these things? No. No, just, I don't want to buy any of your all things. All I want to do is look at some pretty things. <laughs> I'm just here to play Thrones, and I just happen to have a ticket to this event. I, I don't want to be here. I want to be somewhere cheaper just to play Thrones <laughs> and have lots of beer. And I can do neither of those things cheaply here. I'd quite like to have something to eat, but I don't have £40 on me to buy a really small cheeseburger from the vendor. But apart from yeah, that, exactly. fantastic. Peel's been to a convention before. <laughs> I... I've been to the NEC before, I don't want the light. Just like, ooh, money. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which reminds me, that's another segue into another thing. Euros tickets are on sale, so do buy them. Don't forget to book your hotels because they will get more and more expensive by the day. If you are coming from outside the UK and you don't really know, uh, you can get regular trains from Birmingham to the NEC. And they're reasonably cheap. I think they're like six or seven quid each way. Maybe a bit cheaper. Um... And they run pretty late, so you can stay in Birmingham or you can stay in Coventry, where the accommodation will be a lot cheaper, but obviously the journey is more difficult. If you want to come and you don't really know your way around, do shoot me a message and I can help you with uh, train times and stuff. Uh, you, there point, you go. There's a bit of community, uh, community support there. At this point, unless you're, for example, Elon Musk, you're not going to be able to afford a hotel anywhere near the NEC. Yeah. It's uh, the UK Games Expo, which is the convention which is taking place, which, taking place, and where Euros is taking place, is now the third biggest games 
convention in the world. Uh, it overtook Origins last year to be number three. There are thousands of people there, and many hotels were booked up a year in advance. If you know anything about the way the, the hotels get booked up at Gen Con, like a year in advance, it's starting to happen like that down in Birmingham as well. Uh, so, so yeah, other options are available, as Dave says, like just getting a train in every day from uh, from Birmingham, get an Airbnb or get a, a shitty hotel in, in, in the centre of town, and you'll be absolutely fine. Yeah. We booked our hotels the Sunday or the Monday afterwards last year. Yes, yeah, so did I. Straight away. As soon as we knew that the Euros were going to be there again, we are just like, well, it's free cancellation, so we may as well just get something cheap. And it was cheaper than we paid last year. It was closer and it was better. Yep, great. So, think alike, as did I. We were, so what, what are you uh, seeing this year, then? We're in the Ibis. Oh, which one? Oh, well, good question. Because there, there's an Ibis at the airport, which is where Helen and I stayed this year, and there's an Ibis Styles which is a little bit nearer the NEC and a little bit more expensive. We might be in the styles. So am I. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Let me see. Let me see. This is so exciting. Isn't it just? Yeah, me and I've never been so excited on a podcast before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What? What? Because the tricky thing about the hotels at the airport is that the shuttle train that takes you from the NEC back to the airport stops after about midnight, which means you're a bit screwed to kind of get back to hotels at the airport, as we discovered last year. And so you end up having to like do a really weird walk through the NEC industrial estate or get an Uber, which costs you about a tenner because it goes around, it has to go around the houses to do so. But the Adam Styles is on this side of the shuttle, so you're good. Yep, we're at the Styles. Excellent. Oh, so are me and Helen. So we'll see Ibis, you. Styles, Birmingham, NEC, and Airport. That's the one. Good job. Fantastic. Good job. Lovely stuff. Well, that's very nice. I'm very excited oh, for Euros. It was a weekend last time. 2v2 now. 2v2. <laughs> well, what is there to say? You play as if you have one giant deck. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm deck peel. Deck of cards. This is a card game podcast. He, no, it wasn't even that. It was just a case of... Like you play as if you're ba- you basically you're playing as if you've got two decks of cards versus two other decks of cards, like that thing. And it's just kind of like, but you're together. So it works really nicely. I must admit, I thought it was a beautiful format. I still do. I don't even, you know. Yeah. So there's there's some slight differences in the rules this time. Uh, basically, you play as if you've got one plot deck. Oh. And you can switch oh. plot decks between um, between games, if you wish. Hang. So you literally have 14 plots, otherwise following exact, uh, you know, exact plot deck rules. So one limit, one tw- one. You can have one twice, and you can have a uh, uh, one limit, one one of each limit one, and all that nonsense. Right. Hold uh, on. Just that hold in between on. games, you can change plots between you, rather than. Rather than go go on, what was your question? I'm confused because so you both you both have a sixty card deck, yeah? Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, and you both have a seven card plot deck. No, you have one fourteen card plot deck, which you may s- split in any way you like. So only so for a game of two two v two, only two plots are revealed. No, sorry, it you split your fourteen card plot deck into two plots. Into two plot decks. Right. I don't know why they've done this. It's just an added layer of complication rather than just saying, um, you know, I think it is is because when we did it in first edition, Josh said, literally, your decks must be legal 
with the exception of like house only, they must be legal as if it was one 120 card deck. Okay. So you can only have three copies of the Narrow Sea between oh. your decks. You may have one copy of the Street of Silk between your decks. Ooh, three eyes, yeah, things like that. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then you may have one restricted card between your decks. Ooh. Whereas this one says, because of the way um, neutrals have worked in second edition and how like some of the neutral economy is a lot more important than it was in first edition. Sure. Um, and there isn't quite as much economy. It's like neutral cards aren't limited between the decks, so you can have six copies of Little Finger between you, or six just... Great Halls or whatever. Um, and so, in order to balance the plots, what they've said is just you have a fourteen card plot deck that otherwise must be a legal plot deck, and you split it any way you want each game. At the beginning of the game, or at the beginning of the game. At the beginning, right? I see. Oh, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. I didn't understand the whole kind of one plot deck, two decks type thing, but okay. Nice. And so if one of you is playing Reigns, the entire 14-card plot deck cannot con- include any schemes. Oh, Jesus, that just gets more complicated. Wow. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, preferred, <laughs> I preferred Josh's rules, but uh, we'll see how this goes. Um, the same as when we did it before, you can't look at each other's hands, but yeah. you can show each other the plot you're going to reveal before you do it. Ah, okay. Um, what else? All table talk, I presume, is kind of open for everyone to kind of hear. You can't like secretly pass messages to your. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You can't. Uh... One of the strange rules that is has been added because of cards like Carl Drogo and stuff um, is that you can only make between you as a team. You can only make each challenge once against a player. As so if team. I'm playing against the two of you, I can make a military challenge against Tony, but then my partner will have to make the military challenge against Peel. Ah, okay. Which was not the same when we played it previously, but there is a lot more extra challenge stuff that's playable in second edition. Okay. This does essentially make Drogo shit and Relentless Assault unplayable. Yeah, because you can't properly put the pressure on one player. Like, you can't. Yeah. 1v1. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, if I had Drogo, I could make a challenge against you, and then I could make a second one against Peel. Yeah. But then my my partner won't be able to make any military challenges. Uh, yeah. So you share them out. You share them out between you as part as as if you were one player, but you're yeah. Yeah. Okay. With with two of each challenge, basically, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of strange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or max two two of each challenge. Mm. Yeah. So it's kind of a. Kind of strange. Um, I can't actually see anything about dead piles because um, in the one we played previously, if, for instance, we both played one copy each of Preston, yeah. if Preston was killed, your your partner wouldn't be able to play Preston because he'll be in your dead pile. He'll yeah. be in the partner's dead pile. Yeah, okay. Um, whereas there doesn't seem to be any... Uh, any word on that so if you could both run a copy of Littlefinger and if he died I don't think it would matter okay. which is interesting so oh, there it goes anyway this is the first 2v2 I've seen for uh, second edition are there so official, to see how it official FFG rules for this? sorry? are these official FFG kind of rules or? no these are the rules Issian's made up okay gotcha with, uh, he has seen the rules that we played previously uh-huh. um but I don't know whether they he saw them afterwards or before or or anything. Because um, there are, there are some very brief rules in the uh, in the first edition 
rulebook, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Like like there was a, the old little finger variant and all that that was in the first edition rulebook. There were there were not a, a couple of suggestions of variants that I seem to remember reading. But I guess you know, run a t- run a two v two tournament and uh, see what comes out in the wash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See how it uh, you know how it performs and if, yeah. if they're if they're broken. Yeah, and there are one, two, three, four, five, six, eight teams, so sixteen players, which isn't too bad. Three rounds of Swiss, easy. And where, where's this happening? Uh, the cross keys on top four. Excellent. On Monday. So in our next uh, in our next episode, we'll get to talk all about that. And then after that, we'll be able to talk about the weekender. Hooray! For those who aren't aware, next weekend, the 17th and 18th of February, will be the weekender. Except no substitutes. Um, it is Manchester, Fanboy 3, on the uh, Saturday. And on the Sunday, we'll all head off to Stockton to play at Beanie Games, both store championships. If you are in England or Scotland or Wales or anywhere else, do come along and play Thrones with us. Come to Fab Cafe on the Friday. Come to Fab Cafe on the Saturday. Have a great time. I'm looking forward to seeing the new Fanboy 3 shop as well, having not been to the new establishment. Oh, Um, they moved it? No, they've been threatening the last couple of years to, to move the guy that runs... Uh, the guy that runs Fanboy Three, whose name is mm-hmm. Dave, I think, has been like the last two years when we're down there. He's 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 gone. Oh, next time you come down, we'll be in the new shop. And then the, then he went. Oh no, next time you come down, we'll be in a new shop. And now they're apparently moved to a much larger premises. But I guarantee yeah. it's not going to stop the fact that there's still going to be 50 kids playing Pokemon in the shop, in the middle of a store. <laughs> yeah. Last year the weekend there was ah. store champions. Yeah, it was store champs, and. I I was worried at one point I was going to have to play my game on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was going to be cross-legged, dealing the cards out onto the floor because there was nowhere to sit because there were, uh, at last count, 250 kids playing Pokemon in there. Uh, And it wasn't a very big shop. Now, I believe they have the capacity to host mm, 400 kids playing Pokemon in there as well as a cheeky little throne store championship. So not slag, I can't slag off a shop I haven't been to yet, so I'm not going to. I'm sure the, I hear the place is cracking, and I'm looking forward to seeing it and trying not to spend money on it. I'll do a nice little bit of research next week to find out if there's any parking actually nearby that's going to be decent, because to be honest, a lot of people drive, a few people get the train, that's fair enough. But trains are so bloody expensive now, I don't blame you if you drive, really don't. Even if it's just one of you, it's cheaper, which is weird. Um, but we'll have a look at where it is. We'll confirm all that. And if there is a better place to meet than Piccadilly Gardens, where you can get a Primark Burger King burger and uh, coffee and a donut, then we'll let you know. Um, but until that point, looking forward. I'm really enjoying the service that we're that we've now seriously providing to everyone. About well, it's 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 good to know that if you know, because I know for a fact driving into a city. To be fair, driving into a city can be one of the shittest experiences. You know have to go through and driving into Birmingham is is horrible I was going to swear but I resisted driving into a lot of cities is horrible but if you can find in Manchester it's one of these weird places if you basically there's uh, if you just drive into the city centre it just all seems to like clear up because it's got like this little inner ring road which just like it makes it so easy it it really is like a really easy city to get around it's the only city I've ever kind of driven through and gone oh this is easy it makes sense Um, you know so um 
And there is. There's because of the two unis, pretty much there. You've got Southwood Uni on one side, and you've got Manchester and MMU the other side. There's so much kind of parking there. Like it's just ridiculous. Like there's just parking everywhere really so you don't have to worry about that either and it's not overpriced and a lot of them you can leave it there 24 hours and they're gated and all sorts mm. will you boys be arriving on the Friday we will good stuff mm-hmm. look forward to it leave straight after work lovely stuff it's well straight after work for Peel yeah we'll be there'll be a couple of cars worth of uh, Scots piling down I think on the Friday evening as well so we should be there for a Friday evening for um, general merriment on Friday to uh, annoy the shit out of our heads on the Saturday morning. Can I, I make I a, a to uh, you know reunite with you, Tony, in, in glorious booziness in Fab Cafe, roughly half past. I'm going to want to show you some of my favourite clubs for reference on the Friday. Night. I don't think you get a choice, people. <laughs> I don't. I, no, there's no choice. Fab Cafe is not good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been to oh, some mate, of the stuff. Murder. You I know he is. Not it's all right. It's it's, it's it's a nice place, but it doesn't have a quality selection of rum. Whereas the pub I go to has a quality selection of rum. I like the rum day. Choice is pretty shite. When you're drunk, it's fine, but don't go in there sober. There's other, you know, the, the, just get drunk before you go in, and it's just great because it's got mm, a bloody Satan's alien. Mm. Satan's is a drunken place, but we can also we can go to the Salisbury down the road, mate. They've got rum for days. And it's like a rock pub, so. Oh, oh, oh a rock pub. I thought you said a, a rum pub. Well, there's a the it's a rum. It's got rum and whiskey and all the nice spirits. It's just it's just lovely. I mean, the best pub is a rock pub and a rum pub, surely. I mean, that's the best. That's the best of both worlds, right? A rum, a rum rock pub. Well, there's a rum. Ironically, there's a rum. There's, there's a rum pump. Rum, rum pub. There's a rum pub next to the rock pub. There you go. Just to go get that out. Oh, there is a there. There is. There's that. Vo- there's there's many pubs. There's like this little block, and there, above it, there's like Voodoo Lounge. Next to it, the Burberry, and underneath it, there's like some vegan pub. And then there's also a pub in the toilet further down. Yeah, the pub in the toilet's not very good though, because it's so small. Yeah, but <laughs> at the same time, there's a pub, the pub in the toilet. I just realised I know all the places you're talking. Yeah, I've been to the Salisbury, the one near the station. I, I'm I'm pretty sure Tony, <laughs> me, you, Helen, and I think for some reason Salisbury was actually there as well. I'm pretty yeah. sure we all actually went down, down that little route that I just mentioned. I, mean, yes. I mentioned these many pubs, and I took you to all of them in a row, and by the end of it, we were just like, hey. Yeah, which is probably why I didn't remember. But, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I've been to Salisbury. Because we were definitely in that toilet pub. Um, toilet we were pub. trying to find a place where to have a fag, and we couldn't figure out where to smoke, and in the end, we just kind of stuck our head out of the box mm-hmm. the toilet. <laughs> For those who aren't aware, the toilet pub was a like an underground public toilet that has been converted into a pub. So it is roughly the size of a public toilet, an underground public toilet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, not very roomy. It, it has no. it has room for about six people seated, maybe like fifteen people overall. Any more than that, it's uh, very tight indeed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great novelty drink, not good for a prolonged session. Correct. Shall we talk about some Game of Thrones, the card game, the second edition cards? What a novelty. Let's do that. <laughs> what, what, what kind of cards for Game of Thrones, the card game second edition, would you like to talk about, Tony? Well, since we were last on the air, there's there's there's, there's been possibly two packs, to be honest. We 
our last episode was just for Christmas and it was a pack that came out the week before Christmas. I can't even remember what that pack was called or what cards were in it. Oh, hang on, Journey to Old Town. That was it. <laughs> Journey to Old Town came out. That had some cards in it, definitely. Um, probably about 20, probably three copies of each. And probably. As far as I remember, that's correct. Yeah. And I'm just having to look down to make sure that we have. You know, I'm trying to figure out if we have comprehensively covered all of them. And meh, probably not. The <laughs> looking, looking at that, there was, what was in that? Can Devin Seaworth, Tris Botley, um, the Seven Cost Aria Martel, uh, Thoros of Mir, they're the only things I can think of that are kind of good and are seeing play, maybe. Gates of the Moon seems to be getting in lots of Night's Watch decks. Oh, I hate Gates of the Moon. Uh, I think it's shite. Yeah, but it, it kind of... I can see where it fits. I, I can see why people like it, but yeah. I played it um, at the Dark Sphere Store Championship, and I drew it pretty much every game, and I didn't want to play it at all. No, uh, really? Okay. Every time I was just like, this is just a waste of my gold just to give my opponents a boost. Yeah. Sure. Uh, if I'd seen it on setup, I might have thought differently. It's really but... good at Night's Watch, annoyingly. Yeah, I guess so. It's combos with their other economy as well. It switches on your on the ground vaults when you're playing against Mar- can Martel players who only want to run four gold plots and don't run any gold, so you whack one of them down and suddenly your economy works. Uh, but yeah, I could I played a game the other day where I sat in my hand because I yeah because I didn't see it in setup. I didn't really want to. I think I was going first, so there was no way I was popping it down. You know. Um, in my marshalling phase to kind of give them an extra, you know. So, no, I never played it either. Uh, out of that pack, I think Tris Botley's probably the probably seeing a lot of play and is annoying as fuck. He's pretty good, isn't he? He's very, very good. And, uh, yeah, that's all I've got to say about that. He's a fucking great joy card. And he's really annoying. And as long as he stays on... I mean, the fact that he... The fact that his kind of two things that he does are kind of separate make him pretty powerful. In that, oops, the Illuminati again. <laughs> uh, the fact that you're not allowed to talk about Chris, Chris Botley. Clearly not. <laughs> He's a secret still. The fact oh, that he's a card from the game, and that card doesn't re-enter the game no matter what, is kind of quite powerful in itself. So it removes him from the game and. Um, the whole thing about, well, you can't play another card, you can't play that card again until Trips Butler leaves play. Okay, that's like a separate effect, because it's not like all the cards that have been removed from the game suddenly flood back into your discard pile or anything. They don't. They stay out of the game. Mm. So you're continually chucking cards out of the game if you're keeping them alive. And, uh, yeah, pissing off the opponent. So it's going to, it, it screws with, like, combo decks that really, really annoys uh, power players who really want their Dracarises, but... Um, so yeah, really useful. And Devin Seaworth is a kind of one of an every bad deck forevermore. Amen. <laughs> he is. He's pretty solid. He's what great. do you think to um, Stannis's wrath? To what? Sorry. Do you remember what it does? <laughs> Stannis's wrath. Um, I'm not a fan. I I don't like the idea of giving of of printing barra cards to go into Martell decks. <laughs> yeah. Which is what that I'm is. fine with that. It, you know, it's a Martel Stag card. It should have read uh, choose a Neela character with a power icon. I think. For, that if, makes a lot more sense. If it was a Barra card, 
Yeah, but no, it's not a bad card, is it? So it's you know it's more effective against. I guess it's more more effective for the battle player against like Lanny or whatever. But nah, I I I haven't played it and I can't. You know, I'd I'd rather play. What's the other one? Bend the knee. I think in a battle deck. Yeah, the one you need a king for. Yeah, you just need a standing king for it. So you know, you're playing a kind of battlefieldy battle somewhere um, deck or whatever the likelihood is you've got that standing king. Um, so. Yeah, that does you more does you more good. So yeah, it kind of annoyed me that they printed that for some for another deck. But I know that's one of their was one of their things when it came to the cycle, wasn't it? They were trying to kind of increase the they were trying to get people to kind of play play with the banners more. Yeah, definitely. I must say that I love Asha. Asha? No, Ariane. But I haven't had a chance to play her yet. So. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to build around her, and she's huge, and she'll fit into yeah she's 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 good but i don't play martel enough to kind of to be fanning about with a deck built around her um bouncing a seven cost kind of out <laughs> and having to pay for her again again seems uh seems harsh but martel can afford it these days the other actually the other card the other card in this pack thoros of mir is really good uh yeah just because he's a unique neutral for a brotherhood deck and one of my certainly one of my issues with the Brotherhood decks um, was the the lack of kind of decent uniques. So that you know you play you play Brotherhood inevitably a kind of you know a reset hurts Brotherhood deck usually. Um, and having some having a unique neutral with renown is uh, is top notch. He's in that annoying five cost slot, but he's still really good. Okay. Well, that's that pack. Should yep. we go on to Kingsmoot very quickly? Done. <laughs> While we're here. Yep. So, a Game of Thrones, the card game, Kingsmoot, the second edition. Mm-hmm. What do we think of that? Peel, what are your opinions on this uh, big turnipy lady? Bear with me, two seconds, I'm looking for Kingsmoot. Is that one of the ones on the WhatsApp group? Uh, it's not, is it? Uh, they were spoilers. In fairness, the cards on the WhatsApp group are from Kingsmoot. We did have spoilers, but sadly we received them like two days after we aired. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have fixed the spoiler issue, and hopefully next time we get them, they will be able to be delivered straight to your ears in an appropriate amount of time. Excellent. But not to your eyes, obviously. You'll have to wait 24 hours for that. <laughs> Quite yeah. right. The delivery action. Yeah. Uh, which no doubt we'll get complaints about next time we do as well. Uh, but with this... Sorry, I've got loads of... I wanted you to talk about, Bill. Yeah, well, you see, Asher was the one I was looking at, but I just I wanted to just definitely confirm it. Yeah, <laughs> Asher is the uh, the one that we mentioned earlier as well. So I, I even had it on a tab. <laughs> For God's sake, right? So Asher, do you want to start that little link again? We'll just snip it. <laughs> what I was going to say, Peel, is Peel. What about that lovely new Greyjoy character in the King's Moot set? Do you mean? Asher Greyjoy, Dave, and then wink, I wink. I do. Fan Dabby Dozy. <laughs> See, that was false. They would have never guessed that the previous bit had been edited out. Fools. Um, Asher Greyjoy, uh, <laughs> it probably hasn't been. So it's a seven cost with tricons. It has all the, uh, the cons, should you say, um, and all the pros, too. Uh, it, oh. It's a five strength. <laughs> oh, 
He does it. It's got pillage and self and every a reaction. <laughs> and a reaction. After Asher Greyjoy discards a card using pillage, search the top X cards of your deck for a card and add it to your hand. Hmm. Shuffle your deck afterwards, obviously. Not before. I mean, you could do it before, but it'd be a bit of a waste of time. Uh, um, X is the number of cards in the losing opponent's discard. So every time you get a pillage, it gets better. Unless you're using the pillage, which takes control, in which case it's kind of a moot point. Really. You're just going, uh, Anti-synergy with Chris Botley, of course. If you're removing mm. cards from the discard pile, you can't search so many cards. Anti-synergy but. with Newt the Barber as well. Yeah. Newt Newt. Poor <laughs> Newt. He had icons that were useful in both attack and defense, much like Asher. So, Asher's uh, got more. There's like synergy there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Some would say the icons are very useful in both attack and defense. Yeah. At most occasions. Yeah. She's fucking great. She's a powerhouse, man, but she's mm. another fucking great Joyce of Encoster. Yeah, there's there's starting to get quite a few. I did that was the main thing. Like when you look at her, she's like, ah, oh, she's seven cost. Do I want to? You know, it, it's going to be tough. It really is. There's too many seven play costs. Yeah, but you can't play them all. You don't have the economy half the time. And then the games ah, you, you do get the economy, you don't have the characters in your hand to play them anyway. Play them all. It's fine. Just draw better. Is she, <laughs> is she better or worse than Euron Crozai? I like Euron, I must admit, and I don't know why. Uh, Euron's like, good, that's why. I, I know, but I like Euron because, I think I prefer Euron because, although yes, you're drawing cards, how am I saying that? Uh, what other pillage characters are there? Or how many kind of just general pillage There's tons um, keywords of them. have you got? Tons. Great joy. Yeah. tons of them. There's tons. You've got so if you're using Asher, yeah. you could probably be drawing a tastier, you know, drawing like seven cards and then getting out what you want anyway. Easily within two rounds or so. Three rounds, maybe? I don't know. Um, whereas Euron, you can take the wall off them, so that's also something. <laughs> I mean, obviously. Yeah, if you can actually see oh, yeah. Pascal Pile with Euron, he's way better. Yeah. You're running We Do Not Sow and stuff like that. I think he... I, yeah, I mean, Euron's one of the best seven castles in the game. He's fucking great. He's got renown and stuff. Oh. Asha's a range-triggering machine as well. To me, she's, she's, you know, you, I wouldn't run a Greyjoy range deck without her. Even though Greyjoy range is obviously pretty fucking good without her, because it was before she got released. But but oh. she's, you know, in the same way that the seven-cost uh, seven Jon Snow is a range-triggering machine out of uh, Night's Watch range, you know, having a five or six strength intrigue icon with stealth on it is uh, fucking outstanding. So, yeah, she's she's fucking great and a problem when she hits the table, but um, she, also, she also, I built an alliance deck, a Greyjoy alliance deck with her, and she starts to make alliance feasible once you really? start pillaging, well, you, once you start pillaging shitloads of cards from the opponent and you're, you know, you're going through the top like 10, 12 cards of your deck for a card every time, you can yeah. get you know, you can kind of afford to have a 75-card deck if you're actually mm. able to kind of pick out stuff from it uh, much easier. But, as was uh, um, announced to me the other day, it would be better out of a 60-card deck. There was a But, you know. And there was a bit of... Uh, some Somebody posted that games were getting longer in... Um, 
second edition. They're not if you play against one of these decks. Yeah, it was like you've got to count how many cards are in your opponent's discard pile, and then you count them off the top of your deck, and then you have to look at them all and choose one, and then you have to shuffle your deck again every time you win a challenge with Asher. I mean, you don't you have just, to. But well, you like could just should. ask prior to making the challenge, or you know, just before making the challenge, you just kind of go, "How many cards in your discard pile?" Right? Okay, cool. Then, yeah, you, know, you could normally keep track of it to an extent, yeah. but still, it just—it's another thing that adds. Uh, adds time to the game which is, is fine but somebody pointed that out as a as a negative Meh, if you I think it was just so that they could snipe about how it was easier to count gold in first edition yeah mm-hmm. if you're the one playing Asher Greyjoy then you're the one that should be counting the cards in the discount bar yeah, or just asking on a regular basis or if you can have a look at it because you're allowed yeah. to have a look at it aren't you if you're the one, if you're the one playing Ash and you're the one that's kind of triggering it, then you're the one that should, that should be have to pick up and go da 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 da. Eleven, cool. Yep, eleven tall cards in my deck. I think the key there is not to take fucking five minutes to pick the card that you want out of the top mm-hmm. X cards of your deck. You know, then you're the one. Know what you're looking for. Yeah, then you're the one yeah. slowing it down, right? In, to be honest, though, you generally, when looking at a Greyjoy deck, you pretty much can figure out what you need really. Um, so it's just oh. I've got board dominance. Better get a couple of saves out of it. They're probably going to validate. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, I'm weak on the board. Let's get a beastie character out to fuck him in the ass. Oh, I need economy. Let's get some of that out. It's not. Shouldn't take five minutes to go through like seven cards to choose one. Like, oh. Peel, I think you could play this and uh, the Conclave agenda, and that's the closest you'll get to back sales. Yeah. Oh, it for is. For a while, it's because then you get to you get to search. Uh, Search the top cards of your deck. You do, you do. Something, and then maybe you think, oh, actually, I'll get something from the Conclave and put Ooh. that on top of my deck, and then I'll go get that. <laughs> Dave, I'm going to... So maybe, gonna... maybe have a little think about that. Play some I Maesters. <laughs> Maesters in Greyjoy deck. <laughs> He's mad, yes. <laughs> they have a Maester. They have Maester Windermere. They do, they do. Maester, yeah, but... Maester Mirror they, they used to have. Maester Kerwin. Back Mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Mirror. They've got some. Well, I miss uh, him you... purely for his name. Well, Mr. Kerr. Mirror. No, oh, Mr. Mirror. Mirror. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Mirror and Mirror. Yeah. Mirror. 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 Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, as a great joint, lovely. Total prick of a card. Um, very good. Uh, another reason to play. Cooking great joy. Yeah, lovely. Ah. The other. The other. I'm looking at this list of cards and I'm kind of. None of them have really made. Well, in the games that I played, none of them have really made a massive impact outside of, I'm going to say, the Withering Cold. Yeah. Withering Cold seems to be quite popular, and uh, I've certainly played a few decks, played a few games with it, I've played a few games against it. Uh, yeah, it's tough. It's a good uh, it's a good battle plot. It's a good targ plot. It, uh, yeah, it's a good plot plot. It's all good. It is a good plot plot. It's a very good plot plot. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of it. I'm looking forward to uh, trying that out. Yeah, definitely. I've got a couple of ideas, so uh, we'll see what happens at the weekend, perhaps. Um, what do you think to uh, you're a Barra player, Tony? What do you think to Lysini Pirate? Mm, haven't quite, haven't quite got to, you know, getting the most out of them yet. I think they're all right because stealth in Barra is good. But again, it's a kind of... It's a card printed for a banner deck, possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you're going down the kind of... Unless you're going down the, the route of building a Barra deck just with the 
like the six cost Davos Seaworth with Black Betha and the other what's the ship warship uh, the Valyrian um, you know what other warships are you going to run in a battle deck you're not unless you run a battle Kraken deck well now you have the Laughing Lord as well you do have the Laughing Lord and the Laughing Lord only works on battle characters yeah. so you know make your fucking mind up FFG <laughs> so now we've got, you know the Lysini pirates uh, yeah. a bar character no, so then he's got stealth and intimidate yeah no agreed and three strength they're all very good the la- I mean the laughing lord's good but feels like it's like it's it's like being capped slightly to me in that it's two cost um which uh, well two cost is fair enough um I guess it gives intimidate but only gives it to the end of the challenge and it, what's the other thing it does? And it only works on a bad character. So, it, it you know it's kind of good, but it's been kind of restricted a little bit. If it was, it, it's mm. not like Lord Renly's ride who gives an intimidate for the phase. It's not you can't do it on any character. It seems like it's been reined in a little bit, um, which is kind of annoying. Yes, it's a warship. Yeah, it triggers the pirates. Um, an intrigue icon with stealth and bada is uh, unheard of. So uh-huh. that's that, that's not too bad. Um, I mean, how much stealth they have naturally? Davos and Davos. Pylos is about the other one. Pylos. So uh, Davos, Pylos. Yeah. That's basically it. Uh, so so yeah, conditional stealth, four cost, three strength. Uh, a bit annoying, but you know, they're all right. I haven't had a really good chance to play with them, but I think it'll be I think it'll be like a batter cracking deck that will probably work out of. Um, more important, but the, the, yeah, the warship's good. Warship's pretty good. Fair. It was one of our uh, spoiler cards, so we'll be remiss not to talk about it. What do we reckon to Forgotten by History? Oh yeah, you know, pretty flashy, big effect. Yes. Don't if you've seen appeal. Three cost dominance action event. Kneel your faction card. Choose a character with printed cost X or lower. Shuffle it into your into the owner's deck. X is the amount of power on the faction card of that character's controller. So, if they've got seven power on their faction card, you can pay three to shuffle away that Tywin. It's not bad. Oh, that's ding a ding. Indeed. <laughs> if you pull that off, please. Ding. Yeah, from now on, whenever you play Forgotten by History, you must accompany it by bells. <laughs> Either way, it's good. It's, it's a nice little... It's an interesting... Uh, Way of almost, I mean, choose a character with printed cards all over and then shuffle it. What happens if there's duplicates? They can save. So duplicates can save? Yeah, duplicates save against any leaves play effect. That's fine. So, it says but, but it's not fantastic. No, it's not amazing. I don't really see why I'd run it, to be perfectly honest. I'd rather just kill the character. Um, but shuffling it in the deck is a little bit annoying, especially the way this would be good is if actually, in, in a way, if you're running a very pillage heavy deck, because <laughs> you know what I mean, though, if you could just take him away and then maybe take him onto your side or maybe put him in the discard pile, like make him, you know, oh, that guy's really annoying, whack him back in your deck. Because it's, it's, if it's a seven gold or eight gold or, well, you know, um, then he's going to be kind of like left with, oh shit, that's a deficit of gold. So he's either got to pay to bring him back out again, or other options. If he's got another in hand, or you think he's got another in hand because he draws a card and his eyes light up, or she, he or she. <laughs> um, 
I'm not saying very convoluted. I'm not saying men are specifically worse at lying than women. Um, but generally, most people have bluffs, um, and you kind of go, you know, a little bit of a. Uh-huh. So you go, ah, a cheeky fucker's got something. Look, what have I got on my thing? Nothing. Lucky I'm playing Tywin or Tyrion because he can get me some gold before the dominance phase. Because I've spent it all in my in my you know setup and other bits. So you know you play, and we get a bit of gold there, and you're like, ha bounce him back to hand. He puts him down then um, on the next round. You go, ha ha, fuck you. And then in the third round, you balor, fuck him over completely. I mean, it's very complicated. The likelihood of it happening, Dave, is very slim. I think in reality, it's probably best to stop running this card and running burn if you want to get rid of specific characters. Or if you're really that worried, try and murder them, or stealth them, or military attack them, or just balor the board. I really wouldn't bother running this for the sake of Valor. I think what well, no, I think one of the the points there is good is that it is good to remove dupes before Valor. Mm. I think that's one of its best uses. But that would be the only um, real massive. If. I mean, every now and again you'll hit and you'll get like a Tywin with six power on it, and you'll just love yourself. But uh, people have pointed out that you know you really need it in like the Tyrell matchup. Yeah, uh, where they've got loads of expensive renowned characters, but they With were lots of power on the house them. Yeah. because the power's on the characters. So you know it's quite pretty difficult there. So my personal favourite uses are yeah, in like some decks you'll be able to hit um, important characters like uh, Stannis that you can't often get by uh, kill events because all your characters are knelt. Mm-hmm. Um, and Barra's going to have the power in its house card, so it can hit the Barra characters. Not that we need anything to hit them. Uh, hitting dupes. It can hit a Varus before he triggers. Can it? Um, yeah. And but I, what I really like is uh, using it on Claim Soak, so you can hit a March to the Wall next turn. Yeah, that's they not think bad. safe. You uh, only yeah. need to hit like a four cost character. Yeah. You're getting value because you know you're paying three in a card to their four in a card or whatever. Um, yeah. And then you, yeah, you're flipping an advan- advantageous uh, marched. So I think it's best in a in an aggressive deck, um, because I think control decks s- suffer because they they might not have the power in their house when you really need to shuffle the key character. But yeah, I think it's a really interesting design. Um, when I first saw it, I thought it was going to be like you know really really powerful. But having thought about it. Uh, it's an interesting. It's in an interesting place that I'm quite looking forward to playing around with it. But then, even with all those applications, there's all. It's all slots, and a three cost event. It's hard to slot. If, it is. If you get to dominance, and you've still got three gold, and you still haven't dealt your house card, <laughs> and this is still in hand, right? <laughs> Then All right, Tony. I can see it being really useful as, as, just before you, you know, you trigger your own virus, for example. Yeah, flick, get rid of a dupe, and then uh, and get rid of one, get rid of one dupe, virus away the second dupe, and then valor the uh, or march the next one. Uh, what but, trip? Yeah, but it's so it's so bloody conditional. Be great in a black sale, black sales deck. For a little silver bullet, you could bury. That's in. what I was thinking. You know, oh uh, yeah, the silver the only deck I could ever put it in. Right. Yeah. That would absolutely go in a black sales deck. Yeah. yeah but everything um, fun goes in a black sales deck. Sorry. I do quite like it in Martel actually because firstly they can play the attrition game. Mm-hmm. So you've been attritioning all the way the, all these chuds with uh, um, venomous blade and military challenges and 
and tears and all that and then you can use the water gardens to reduce this yeah that's um if it's plot four onwards and then martel can run double marched as well if they want Mm. so i think that it's pretty strong in um in martel uh also they like to sit on a big hand and they like to sit on lots of gold well, and they're one of the best houses for Iron Bank as well. Yeah, long plan, they, they'll have three golden dominance. And then it's exactly. so, up to you if you want to use that. Yeah, or, so there's definitely some application there. Again, I don't think I want to... Uh, I'm not going to be running it three of anytime soon. Yeah. It's got. It's pretty hard to play it, but I'm, I'm willing to give it give it a chance. Yeah. I say that. Like I play so few games this, these days now. But, uh, I want to give it a chance. The other card in this the other card in this pack I've actually have been playing with is the Haunted Forest Scout. The little two cost Night's Watch Ranger. Who, if you've got another couple of Rangers on the table, doesn't need to attack. And he's pretty tasty of a Night's Watch crossing deck. Uh, if you can obviously there's the old corset John Snow, if you can be asked kind of getting that down. Uh, but on their own, the good John Snow. Yeah, on their own, they're still pretty tasty. They can't defend, which is an issue <laughs> for characters in general. It's quite good if they can attack and or defend. Uh, <laughs> these icons are good on attack. Yeah, these icons are really good on <laughs> attack and are absolutely useless on defense. Yeah. Uh, although it is hilarious when you nightmares them. It is hilarious. Well, you can nightmares your own ones, yeah, but it is hilarious when you do your challenges first and attack and attack, and then your opponent decides to stealth one out on the on the uh, you know on the way. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, you can stealth out my first scout. That's absolutely fine. And then hmm. oh shit, yeah, they fucking I probably could have used that better elsewhere. Um, but yeah, they're 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 really nice. They're annoyingly cheap and annoyingly resourceful, and with. Uh, you know, with a long, even can putting a long claw on them or putting a putting a noble lineage on it to make them a make them a tricon. They're they're quite tasty in a kind of in a like a ranger heavy crossing deck, which can move pretty fast. That actually sounds pretty interesting to me because obviously you've got it's good. Well, good Jon Snow. Uh, you've got oh, he's not a ranger, is he though? He's a steward. He's a steward, yeah. Uh, you've got Corrin, who's got Renown. Yep. You've got Longclaw on one of these, or on Jon Snow. Obviously, Noble Lineage to get extra challenges. You've got Benjin as a decent power icon who you, gets you power. You also run, you get you also run quite a lot of... You also run Jeremy Riker to give all your rangers a power icon. Yeah. There's quite a lot of... Um, yeah, there's some utility there. The ranger stuff is... Uh, the, yeah, they've, they, they kind of... They glue together a decent ranger deck, I think, now. And and there's a there's Gren who obviously steals power on the attack. Yep, he's really good. And Pip to give John insight and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So there's John makes it so that you like because crossing decks are, can be quite fragile on the defense. Yeah, but John just fixes that because you can defend at least one challenge, no problem. Yep. Um, yeah, that's, that actually sounds pretty interesting, and it's got card advantage on like a lot of other crossing decks because the ra- you just play the Ravens anyway. Yeah. No, they're good. I mean, Benjamins can't be stealth out, even though well, these guys can't defend, obviously, but Benjamins or Rangers can't be stealth out. There's also a location that says that your Rangers can't be stealth out if you don't have Benjamin on the board and gives plus one to all the Rangers. Uh, hmm. I can't remember what that's... I think I might be fits to the first man, actually. 
Uh, and so that that helps. Yeah, it can move pretty fast. I've seen it move pretty fast. I've also played a game with it where I didn't draw a fucking power icon all game. So, uh, and was screwed, just completely screwed. You don't find your Jeremy Riker, uh, and you you know you you yeah, I I got screwed in a game where I couldn't find a power icon, which was uh, which is horrible. But they are really they're 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 really useful. The 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 cost of them is just kind of annoyingly cheap, and uh, yeah. I mean, you know, they'll die to a blade, obviously, but, you know, most things do. Uh, I haven't really... I don't think I've played with much of the rest of them. Uh, Helen's having some fun with... Uh, this, this sounds odd. I was going to say Helen's having fun with Sir Hal Hunt, but that sounds <laughs> it sounds filthy and it sounds like it could be rhyming slang as well, so... Well, he, he sounds like a euphemism or rhyming slang, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. Ridiculous. Uh, so he's been quite useful so you haven't had a chance to play with uh, Dirty Ramsey Snow or anything no no I haven't sadly uh, yeah he's pretty interesting he's going to be good in Mata Wolf yeah that Ariane absolutely I mean House Umber, Umber Berserkers were always good yeah th- he's no House Umber Berserkers though is he no definitely not so we need some more unique versions of that so they can kill themselves but then but then there's a lot more synergy yeah on this sort of, with Ramsey than that they that the Umber Berserkers didn't have. Uh, yeah, all the sacrifice. Because there's sacrifice tech in Stark. Yeah. So, that's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's shit, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, outside of, like, Rob. Um, yeah. It, you know, it's it's not there, but... Uh, but there, there's there's synergy there. So, yeah, especially if, you, if you're running Lannister Harrenhal. Yeah, very much. Um, pop him in, stand your entire board, and sack someone. Yeah. He can sack himself, of course. He can do, yeah. He needs to be. Yeah, it's just sackable. He really fancy that. It's not kill. Yeah. Sackable offence. So is there anything, bear in mind that, um, bear in mind, yeah, fuck, that pack's done and dusted. There's nothing else we need to talk about in that. The, hmm. we've had a, well, Darkstar's back. Shit Darkstar. Shit back. Darkstar, yeah. Stealthy Darkstar. A Darkstar is back. That nobody ever played Darkstar, because... Yeah, but they only didn't play him because the other one was obscene. Was obscenely good, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But on that, there's loads of Martell cards that have been spoiled out of the box that comes out at some point in the near future, I imagine. Oh, there is. They're all very interesting and bouncy and and potentially annoying as hell. But... Every single Martell card from that box that has been spoiled, I am so psyched to play with. Really? Pretty much. Yeah. When the worst one is like Doran, and he's still pretty interesting, like that's pretty good. He's icon re- icon removal, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And icon removal's fun. It's yeah, um, agreed. <laughs> the all the bouncy stuff looks amazing. All the bouncy stuff is all very it's it's, it's all fine. It just kind of in the back of my head, I'm thinking, yeah, but bar in the gates just puts an end to all of that. And true, you know, and I. And Barnegates is hardly a silver bullet card. Barnegates is played, you know. I see Barnegates being played. Barnegates is already already played to kind of piss off uh, people that play flea bomb. So uh, there's a lot of come into play effects in a meta that has a card that stops things coming into play. So, uh, but yeah, there's some tasty stuff. But yeah. have you? What do you think to uh, Shadow City Bastard? Oh, you mean two ahead of the curve? The old kind of orphan of the green blood. Yeah, sacrifice the 
bastard to choose a character with five costs or lower. Yeah. They lose all the icons. And then flea and flea bomb them and do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like one of those cards is like this is like if you look at it on its own, it's just like this is a really interesting card. It's really good. Yeah. Confinement didn't say play because sometimes it's stuck in your hand. Whereas this at least doubles for you know challenges and claims. So yeah. Um, but that flea bomb synergy is really really strong. It kind of makes a mockery of the Dornish spy thing though, doesn't it? Because I mean the Dornish spy comes into play and makes a gets rid of a gets rid of an icon. I guess the Dornish spy hangs about and, and is yeah. a is a three-cost character or whatever. Um, there's so much of him. You can fill a deck with icon removal stuff now once this box comes out, which is kind of what Martel should do, I guess. Should yeah. I mean, it It never had that in first edition. Icon removal was always a theme, but it basically wasn't... It may as well not have been. Because outside the Orphan of the Green Blood, none of it saw play. What? None of the icon removal? In proper decks. You reckon the Scourge never made proper deck? Oh, the Scourge. Yeah, you're right. Okay, the Scourge and Orphan of the Greenblood. Yeah, Scourge. Um, like some decks played uh, the Prince's Wrath, mm. which removed all the icons if you know an influence, but it's pretty rare. Oh, yeah. I I uh, I will flagellate myself based on uh, the Brimstone Soul played melee. Of the, um, <laughs> the Brimstone Soul played with the Scourge. Yeah. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, the two of them did. Um, cheeky Viper's Rage, I guess, but that was a. Oh yeah, the okay, yeah, the Viper's Rage won me my first ever competitive game where I played it. My opponent made two challenges: one turn one, one turn two. Both got Viper's Raged, and I won turn two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was fun because I had my Viper. <laughs> so, so yeah, three out of post challenges, three were now. Lovely. That was before the Viper got properly uh, stopped in its tracks a little bit. He never got stopped. <laughs> he, got re- he got restricted. That was about as far as I went. Restricted. Um, and that just made him more powerful because people stopped planning for him. I tell you what, I, I, I tell you what I've, I'm enjoying on the on the FFG page is their lovely diagram of how things are bouncing back to your hand and bouncing into play. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they've kind of gone, right this, right, this is how you play Martel. This card goes back to your hand and these two cards come out of your hand. Look, you can do them all for free. <laughs> Yay! It's kind of weird that they decided to, they wanted to put a page up for you know people that have probably played this game for a couple of years already, and they thought they had to draw a diagram explaining how things bounce back to your hand and how things come in. <laughs> well, maybe they're thinking that with the release of the Martel box, they're going to bring in so many new fans mm, that they will need an explanation of the mechanics. Martel, of course, being the best hand. Well, of course, my favorite, actually, my favorite card out of all these is isn't the the cards that are kind of based on kind of existing mechanics like you know coming out of play bouncing back out of play taking your uh, icons or whatever I really like false plans it's pretty interesting isn't it I like it because it's different it's it's another Martel-esque way to fuck with your opponent it's the you know you know we were saying that um that Darkstar was so good in first edition. One of the reasons Darkstar was so good in first edition is that you sat is that you sat there with them in your hand and you just hoped the opponent took it for an intrigue, uh, for an intrigue claim, and bosh, it, it just came into play. And this is another card that sits in your hand uh, when you lose an intrigue challenge and you hope to death, you know, that the uh, that the opponent takes it. And mm. you know, whereas Martel is fine losing a military or a power because it's got fucking his viper eyes at all trigger. Inevitably, your opponent hits you with an intrigue first. 
So, so, oh, yeah, I've got, you know, two copies of False Plans in my hand. So, do <laughs> I play this now so they discard one, or do I hope, hope that they're going to hit it and they'll have to discard two anyway? I think that, I think that's hilarious. I think that's properly interesting. The dual effect events are always interesting. Yeah. Um, if you think of Deceit from first edition, yeah, which I'm actually going to have to Google because I can't remember what the second effect was. Deceit was, <laughs> Deceit was stand if you lost or something? Or stand if you... It had a stand effect, I think. Yeah. As well stand, as... Stand a participating character after you lose as the attacker. That's it. Or challenges to choose two characters controlled by two different players and one of them loses all their keywords and one of them gains all their keywords. Brilliant. It was such good fun. Yeah. And that, that event was so versatile. I mean, almost always it was the keyword banter that was important. Yeah. But uh, it was it was fantastic. That happened too often. Yeah, if, if they start doing that, if this is like the first of, uh, you know, if they do one for every house type thing, then that would be grand. But this this is just a, this is an interesting decision point for a Martel player, I think, uh, to kind of go, well, maybe you've, you've his Viper eyes and you know what they've got in their hands, so you actually, it's more... It's more interesting to play the kind of to play it certainly hundred percent. I know I'm going to chuck one of the cards out of the hand, so I'll play the challenges action. Or if I haven't seen their hand and they've got a handful of cards, well, maybe I've only got a couple of cards in my hand. I'll I'm pretty sure they're going to take this for an intrigue claim and I'll let it go through. Uh, yeah, I, I find that more interesting, weirdly more interesting than all the bouncy character stuff, which uh, is kind of doubling down on existing uh, existing mechanics. And I don't think any of them are doing anything that interesting it's just the number of them and the synergy between them all which is which is good which is grand having an attachment that bounces in you know hota's axe that bounces in for nothing is uh uh is, is pretty cheeky and quite a good idea but it's false plans that i find interesting i find that you know making someone's hand a dangerous place to actually uh um get into it reminds me a little bit of netrunner as well that whole kind of you know naked someone's hand have you seen uh abella sand who was spoiled she was sporting this article as well. Um, yeah, she was, wasn't she? Um, I forgot what she does. She, it's some passive power gain thing, isn't it? it? The power gain isn't so important. She's a three for two intrigue power sand snake, obviously. Yeah. Um, but after she's discarded for intrigue claim or killed for p- military claim, you move a power from the opponent's faction card to yours and then shuffle her back into your deck. That's right, she goes back in the deck. Yeah, yeah so you can run three copies of her. And you play one, they kill her, you steal it, and she goes. Then they intrigue you, two claim. <laughs> out she comes, you steal the power. Out goes the the one we were just talking about. Mm. Discard two cards from them. Oh, it's lovely. So it's not when she dies. It's only, it's not when she is killed, like in a valor. It's only it's only mill claim, yeah. Mill claim and intrigue claim specifically. And intrigue claim, okay. Yeah, nice run this run this with. Uh, Benjamin Stark got lots of passive power gain for things dying. Like it, yeah. No one do it for good. But yeah, with all this stuff, does Harmonilla become playable? Because suddenly they throw a military challenge and you ambush in a Bella Sand for two cost, and you've got yeah. Claim Soak that steals power. Yeah. Like yeah. Plus all the plus the other Sand Snake that bounces stuff, and you've already got Nymeria who's amazing and. There's two different versions of Tyenes and the Bastard Daughters and all these other nonsense people. Is this the first Obel? This is the first Obel. Ridiculous um, Daria as well. Like, there's so many good Sand Snakes now. Yeah. I think Harmon might be playable, subject to how much dark there is in the meta. Yeah. Can I afford? Yeah. Martel doesn't. He's six. He's four. six for four, and he's got renown and all that. Yeah. And then maybe kind of. Yeah. 
possibly. I mean, now there's there's a decent bunch of sand snakes. So there's a couple of sand snakes that, or there's, there's a couple of effects that depend on how many sand snakes you've got on the board, right? Is that what Tyne does, I think? Well, there's one that bounces back. Daria does that. Yeah. She bounces characters who cost X or low, X the number of sand snakes. Yeah. Then maybe, yeah, then maybe. Then maybe. But uh, what does Holter do? Holter is claim raise. Oh, okay. After yeah. Ambush. But you have to win in Ambush, and if you win with him as the defender, you raise your claim. You all like that one, Peel? Which one? Bit of claim raise. Yeah, but it's... Oh, anything, anything that raises a claim, I'm, I'm, I'm into that. I like the stuff that kind of manipulates around the claim, because it, uh, it can catch people out like a sneaky mm. snake in the grass. Well, maybe we'll build you a uh, like House of Dreams Sunspear oh, super. when he's out. Immortal Date that has to go first. Yeah. Ooh. No, second. Sunspear. Oh yeah. oh yeah, sorry, what am I talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, Same with that Hotar actually only works when you're. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. Going second. Um, you can. Um, yeah, it's all right. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, like, yeah, the box is looking interesting, and uh, yeah, they're doing what I'd expect to do in a Martel box, I guess. Well, do you reckon there's another Viper in there? There might be a. I don't know. We we are we up to the point where we need three fucking red Vipers? When even there's. Even Martel Megalia is in the advertising. Oh, okay. The uh, Warcrest Viper art. Oh, the. So I would expect one. The Glendanzig one. Uh, right, I see. Yeah. Glendanzig Viper. <laughs> <Mother>. yeah. <laughs> Sister. <laughs> yeah, it should, it should be interesting. When's it supposed to be out, you know? The FFG website's accepting pre orders. I don't know what that means. It is. It's well, ad- pres- presumably within six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can't imagine you'd want to pre-order I, I know you can't generally order games more than six months in advance but I may be wrong on that but I mean <laughs> same theory I suppose I, I can't imagine anyone's going to want to pre-order this more than six months you know I can't imagine they even print them six months before they release them surely I can't imagine, imagine this all. I can't, yeah. I can't imagine anyone actually using FFG's web store personally but you know, that's because <laughs> no, I guess <laughs> It's so obscenely expensive yeah. to ship stuff. Yeah. But at least you can pre-order it, so you're gonna you're gonna get it on the day of release, which is exciting because it means you can run down to your local game store and and uh, and play it in. Um, actually, no, you can't really play it in any tournaments generally the day after on release. Exactly, yeah. Because uh, no one else has fucking got it. So I mean, you could either buy it before you're allowed to play it at tournaments. Yeah. You wait, or you can proxy it if you want, and or you can pre-order it. Not that I think we should be, you know, pushing here. Pre-order it from the FFG online store and uh, use our special code of Banter Front yeah. to get a 10% discount. And then we get 10p, because that's how it works. I've only just found this out. Yeah, This is a, this is how they get you. You know all these codes you get people promoting on their websites? Every time that code's used, that person gets the money. Yeah. Fucking real world we live in. Why don't we get that deal? Right. <laughs> yeah. I know people have set up gaming, streaming, kind of Twitter accounts and stuff like that. They've already got sponsorship. It's like, what? I've been doing this for two years, three years. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. 80 episodes. We're, we're giving each other oak at this point in time. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> every day, all day, every day. <laughs> so, yeah. But no, uh, it's, it's all fairness. I've just looked at it in there. I said, there's some cool, sexy, my little stuff going on. Peel. The, there, there is. Uh, 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 sorry, sorry. Uh, 
Peel, there is something I wanted you to have a look at uh, because I'm not sure you'll have seen it. I've sent a link through to one of the previews on the FFG website for, I believe it's the last pack of the cycle. The last pack of the cycle is called Someone Always Tells. Yes, I've got that on there. Have you got that? That and you've seen you. You see the first picture of the like the the fan of the five cards. That uh, yes, are, yes, right. What do you think to the uh, artwork on the Greyjoy card? Why is it anime? Who knows? Right, which one? The it, Salt it, the, Cliff I mean, Sailor. Yeah. Why is it anime? It, it looks like something out of some weird animated series. Like they're going to do a, a spin-off. To the Game of Thrones thing of like Greyjoy Adventures. I'll be on CBBC <laughs> Which uh, at eight o'clock in the morning, along oh, just before watch. like the events. Absolutely, yeah, I think we would. Let's be honest, it'd be like, like Star Wars Heroes, um, something like that or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't. It does look like it's from some weird kind of animated TV show. Yeah. It doesn't look. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's 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 not it's not a bad drawing. It's better than I could ever do. It's fantastic artwork, but. The general theme of it, it does look like almost a Le- Le- Legend of Zelda screen grab. Or, yeah. um, you know... It, it doesn't it look looks, something out of the Wind Waker, doesn't it? It does, yeah. doesn't it? It looks cel-shaded. Um, yeah. yeah. It just it doesn't seem to suit the general... I mean, it's not even that good, so I'm never going to go, well, actually, it's all right. Um, that's not. But, I mean, it's... It's, it's, it's an ally. So, uh, <laughs> See, so that's I good. I don't care. I was just interested to see other yeah. people's... I, I don't know... Why I don't know why they are that way. Again with a theme. I mean, are they going to release like a manga theme kind of like set of cards now? Is that what's next? Is this what the world's coming to? Like it's going to end up like Yu-Gi-Oh. Well, maybe that's what they're trying to do. Maybe this has all been a subtle ploy to push us all toward Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh God! God help us now. Get out to play Exodia decks all the time. Oh, so shit. that makes sense. <laughs> exactly. It's all been a massive conspiracy, boys. You know, you thought you got out of buying booster packs. Fuck you! You're just being drawn in deeper. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years in the making. This is God. Yeah, it's a long con. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll see uh, Game of Thrones destiny at some point. <laughs> and then they can kill our beloved game like they killed my beloved Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars is dead, Peter. If you want. Sorry, you're like, I, 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 I've heard mentions of it, but I, I didn't want yeah, to kind of. I figured it would because, of course, new films, new popularity, people have got interest in it and they want to relaunch it. That kind of makes sense. Um, I don't know if they will relaunch it, but yeah, it's been officially killed as of like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Will there still be like three more packs coming out? Will there still be tournaments for it for the rest of the year? Uh, yeah, Presumably well, there's going to be a Euros. Nationals. Yeah. Or, yeah. No, there probably won't be a Nationals because that's after Worlds and Euros. Oh, yeah. So I think the last big one in the UK will be Euros, which clashes with Thrones. Oh, you're oh. joking. Oh. Yeah, so, which is really bad for them because um, a lot of Thrones players play it as a second game. And a lot and of are willing to Star jump Wars in. players play Thrones as a second game yeah. as well. I know a few some, so a lot, some of whom will be playing Thrones. Yeah. Like, there's players that have been playing Star Wars for years, but they'll be playing Thrones because that's... Because the community in Star Wars has died so heavily over the last, like, 18 months. Like, they're just... Why bother? Yeah, that's right. If it was on the Sunday or if it was on the Friday, they'll get more. I'll play it over Legend of the Five Rings, but I'm not going to play it over Thrones. No, 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 no. there's no point, fortunately. But that's again another another control that's been left to the decision yeah. of someone else. So yeah, that's a shame. Well, but, I mean, I've they've I've I've spoken to the guys who organised this Stevie events before, and I've always said like you you'll get a good turnout for Star Wars if you 
if you run it correctly, and you need to run it in one day, which they did this year, yeah. and you oh, need yeah. to run it on a day that doesn't clash with... The key one is Thrones. Yeah. But also, like, you need to be careful with the clashes with X-Wing and Destiny. Yeah. Um, which is perfectly logical. But X-Wing has two days, so they were fine. But they made it clash with the Thrones Joust, and that suddenly cuts out quite a few players. It cuts off about... Yeah. I know, you know, I know... If people have two games, it's going to be that and X-Wing, or Thrones and that, so... Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. Oh well. It's a real shame. Well, on the topic of when the Martel box is out, mm. uh, last week it was updated to On the Boat. So within three as months. Was, as was Chapter Pack 5 of this cycle. Oh, okay, then. So. We just had Chapter Pack 3, so I would expect Sands of Dawn in early April. Oh, okay. Maybe. So uh, certainly by regional season, we'll. You know, when that's in full swing. Well, mm-hmm. April or May. Mm, so, well, the question is, if it comes out in April, it, there's a possibility of it being legal for Euros then. Uh, Euros. Well, Euros. Euros is June. Euros is the end of May, beginning of June, right? Well, it's like it's the first June. weekend of June. It's like the first or second oh, of June. Oh, hang on, I'm getting my... Oh, God, I can't count anymore. So, yes, it will be. <laughs> because May comes before June. It, it almost definitely will be legal for Euro. Yeah, Euro, it, which is May, good. May comes between April and June, doesn't it? Yeah. What? Yes. It's the month between the two. It's, it uh, it's a little plucky <laughs> month. No one really can assign whether it's summer or spring and just kind of go, ah, it's May, fuck it. Mm. That's why I forgot about it. Yeah, it's the month that you effectively kind of do nothing. <laughs> um, I think we're pretty much done there, right? 